Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Normally on Mondays, just to give, eh, we got time. We, I'm yep. just filibustering here. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally on Mondays, our setup, we've got a, a setup in the press box, just outside of the press box at DKR in a lobby area. And Craig usually sets it up. The problem is... Craig is not here to set it up, number one. Number two, we don't have the port- any portable kits available for me to do it, uh, and it just oh. was going to be too too hectic to try to do it by myself. So, And then um, modems got checked out. It was a, Logistically, it just wasn't going to work out for me to do it from the stadium. Uh, so Craig was planning on doing it, and then logistics and stores haven't worked out. So Craig not on with us today. Uh, and it's me anchoring from the studio. So that's why our setup is the way it is. That's why I can't ask Sark questions at the press conference. And and I What I, would you ask him? <sighs> yes, Jeff. Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she just gotta narrow it down. Cause usually I mean I I like to usually get one in. Um yeah, you do. I'm like, well, I know that guy. I just I just <laughs> I really want to understand his philosophy on the deep shot and why why there's a need to continually press for it. Is that something he's wanting to do? Is that something the quarterback is reading? That's That would be top of mind for me. I, I want to bring up something, though. Carolina Sam, thank you for texting in. Um, two plays come to mind about basic football IQ Sark talks about. If JT Sanders just lays out uh, just lays down to to catch the poorly thrown ball. It's a first down. The one where they were backed up, they run a little skinny post. Sanders is open. It, it wasn't a great ball from Ewers, but that's one he probably should catch anyway. I don't know if I'd put that on football IQ. Uh, the Jordan Whittington one, and again, maybe we're splitting hairs here, Carolina Sam, but the Jordan Whittington one where they had the third down, he ran the route short of the sticks, and they were facing the fourth and one. Uh, that's one where... Again, splitting hairs, I would call that maybe poor field awareness, just understanding where you are on the field, um, where the sticks are. So, yeah, that's – look, now wide receiver there, – there's plenty of blame to go around for how bad the offense was on Saturday. It's on Quinn. It's on Sark. Uh, the offensive line takes some of that blame. Uh, receivers dropping balls take some of that blame. When you're that bad, I mean, when I'm having to go back and – to see them. I mean, when was the last time Texas was this bad, man? When I'm having to go back to the Sean Watson regime of calling plays, uh, that that means you had a really bad night at the office. This was Texas' worst. The, the first time Texas has failed to break 200 yards of total offense in a game since that 2015 season opener at Notre Dame, which was Sean Watson's last game calling plays. Uh, it was the worst rushing performance by Texas offense. You got to go back to. 2017, a loss at TCU. They had 26 carries as a team for nine yards in that game. They were 22 for 28 on Saturday. So, listeners since 2000 had a tough question. I don't know if I could ask that to Sark's face, but yeah, I mean that's why can I'd ask why can Brian Kelly and Sonny be successful in year one? Yeah, that's 
I, you know, yeah. we know the challenges Sark was facing in year one, and then roster turnover, and uh, yeah, I that's that's not something you ask in a, a press conference setting. So I mean, I just just to ask it directly like that, it's just there's, I think, I think there's to me this is how I approach press conferences. You you can ask tough you ask tough questions because that's your job, but there's there's a level of decorum involved. So, uh, at any rate, any updates, Snoop, from Patrick? Or well, yeah, here, but I'll, I'll let you like hear the murmuring. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. So, not quite yet. Okay. I'm sure he's, you know, they're meandering. Yeah, the team usually wraps up practice. Real quick, thoughts on the Cowboys' overtime loss? Man, uh, boy, <laughs> I was about as hot as Mike McCarthy was with some of those penalties on the uh, on the last drive. I think it was at the last drive in regulation or the overtime drive. Yeah. I forget. Um, Lots of rallying in that man, game. Man, there are there are two athletes that I will be extremely happy when their playing days are over and my teams no longer have to see them. Is Albert is Albert Pujols for sure retired? Okay. Oh, he's tentatively retired because okay. remember, Gene Watson said he could come back. Okay. As an Astros fan. I, I hope I never – even, like, I went to an Astros-Angels game a couple years ago, Snoop, and uh, we took Char- we took Charlotte, took my young daughter to the game. She's been to more games than me. This was her second. This was her second oh, baseball game. Twice. And uh, I was like, man, I just – I want my daughter to be able to say – like, I never got the chance to see Michael Jordan play. The one I was going to go to a game when he was with the Wizards and he was hurt and ended up Pulling himself out. I don't even think he made the road trips. So I was like, I don't even get to see MJ. No, uh, had a couple of chances to see Ken Griffey Jr. And once he was hurt and didn't make the trip, and the other one he had retired like the week before. So I never got to saw Griffey. So I, I want him. I was like, I want Charlotte to be able to say, Hey, I saw Mike Trout play baseball. I don't remember anything about it, but I was there when Mike Trout played baseball. So we go to the game, and man, Pujols, it's. You know, 2019 Albert Pujols, he's on the struggle bus. Yes. I'll be damned if he didn't go like three for four and hit a bomb. And I'm like, dude, against the Astros, I'm like, dude, this dude will just not go away. As sorry as Aaron Rodgers has been this year, like he pulls out his one good performance against the Cowboys. And I've seen that dude rip the Cowboys' heart out way too many times. So Christian Watson is legit. I'm, I got new respect for him. I mean, he was clutch last night. Or yesterday. So Aaron Rodgers, Albert Pujols, the freaking bane of my existence as a sports fan. Be happy when both those guys are going. Checking in. I want to. See, I'm trying to see if I can hear a conversation. That's some good ambient sound. I want to hear if I can hear. Hold on. No, when Sark enters no. the room, you'll hear everybody start to shuffle to get into place. Remember when uh Craig uh, when he called out Craig one time on on live cuz Craig was like doing a radio show. Oh, he's just like are we good? And then he, he apologized to Craig at, at one point. I thought for, that that was a nice jib yeah. though. It was something out of respect. Like the coach coming into the press conference, uh it's kind of like if you think back to high school, like when you're in there before the bell rings and the teacher's not there yet, people might be throwing paper paper airplanes or you know causing a ruckus, and then the minute the teacher walks in, everybody just shuffles around like, oh, you didn't see any of that, and everybody's all proper yes. and getting into place. So, uh, again, we are on standby waiting for the Steve Sarkeesian press conference. Patrick, don't say Willie Boo Boo or anything because I got the, the, the crowd ambience going. <laughs> Patrick, we'll get some ambient sound. Yeah, that's, I like it. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like we're there. 
This is the power uh, of radio, okay. by the way, Pur- listeners. Purple Buffalo's daddy says, when my Cougs win this week, I'm bringing you a Gerald Cougar shirt, Jeff. Go Cougs. I tell you what. You. Oh, wait. Are we ready? Sark's in the room. Okay, here Ooh, we go. Cool. We're going live to the 40 right now. Here is the Steve Sarkeesian weekly press conference. Uh, I think, first of all, what I'd like to do is thank our fans. That was an awesome atmosphere Saturday. Um, they did a great job from, from the morning of game day, uh, bringing great energy into the stands. It was uh, much appreciated. Uh, that was a fantastic atmosphere. We, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, as far as the ball game goes, uh, definitely have to commend our defense. They played a fantastic game uh, against a very explosive offense. I, I thought that... Uh, you know, John A. Barron had a great game. Ryan Watts, uh, Barron Sorrell, uh, just to name a few guys. You know, it was unfortunate. Uh, the two touchdowns they had uh, were really our two breakdowns in the game, and it, it just happened to capitalize on those two plays, uh, the long run, <coughs> excuse me, and the, uh, the touchdown pass. Uh, but outside of that, I thought we were physical, played hard, very effective, continued to fight. Uh, so that was that was really impressive, and I thought on special teams, very impactful game uh, from a f- special team standpoint. You know, Keaton Crawford blocking the field goal, big kick return for uh, uh, for Keelan Robinson. So very effective on that front. I think offensively, we didn't play well. Um, you know, we had one of those nights where. Um, if it wasn't one guy, it was another guy. And if it wasn't that guy, it was the next guy. And we all just kind of took our turns uh, to where we couldn't get out of our own way. And I think at times we showed uh, a little bit of our immaturity, a little bit of our youth uh, in that we didn't respond great uh, once the game gets hard. Credit to them. They, they played a good game defensively. Uh, but we sure didn't capitalize on some of the opportunities we had. And it's easy to point out the two red area uh, opportunities we have, but there was opportunities early in the game uh, that we just didn't take advantage of. Uh, so, you know, fortunately for us, uh, we get to play again Saturday um, in a very meaningful game because a very good opponent. Kansas has got a nice football team. Coach Leipold has done a really nice job uh, with that program. Uh, they're running the ball extremely well, uh, explosive, uh, very opportunistic defensively. So, um, got back to work today, proud of the guys' mentality of coming in to get back to work. Uh, they continue on to try to improve and develop and get better, uh, which is the mindset. And then ultimately, you know, an opportunity for us offensively to redeem ourselves, which is, uh, which is obviously what uh, we would like to do is to play better. So on that, we'll open it up. What's hampering the passing game? And is is Quinn looking for Worthy too much on on the deep shot? No, the shot? passing game is about precision and timing and execution. And um, you know, we, we like I said, we kind of took turns. I mean, there's some throws I think Quinn would like to have back. Uh, there's some opportunities that you know receivers and tight ends would like to have back where we didn't catch the ball. Um, you know, in the end, it's about that precision, that timing, and um, you know. I think to Quinn's defense, he's looking to where we design the plays to go. So, um, you know, ultimately we got to execute better in the passing game, uh, but overall, collectively, we need to execute better offensively. Um, Steve, do you have a Deshaun Jameson update and also going off that? How did you think Terrence um, performed on Saturday? I think, you know, Deshaun's getting better naturally with time. Uh, anytime you have a concussion, you know, you. You, you gradually start to get better, so that's a positive. I think Terrence Brooks, you know, really played a good game for his first career start. 
I think he played 72 plays on defense, um, played our field corner, uh, looked comfortable, looked physical, got more comfortable as the game went on. It's unfortunate, you know, we just had the miscommunication there on the touchdown pass with he and Anthony Cook, you know, and that I think comes with a little bit of experience of playing together. Um, you got a true freshman out there. We just um, ended up cutting them loose, you know, and, and they, they made the play and, and the quarterback found them. But uh, for his first career start, um, looked very comfortable, and I think there's plenty of room for him to grow and things for him to learn from. All in the first half, but yeah. do you regret not giving Bijan more than 12 touches in the game? Ah, uh, you know, yeah, sure. The more I can give it to him, but I think at the end of the day, you're just trying to find a way to find some some rhythm to the offense. And I felt like uh, the rhythm that we found was somewhat in the passing game. Um, it got ourselves a chance to kind of get down there a couple times. Um, so in the end, I know this, when, when we win, he generally has more carries, and that, that comes from balance in, in the offense. We didn't have balance. We didn't have anything really there for a while. Um, so we just tried to find the one thing that was working at that point, and that felt like that was the passing game to give us a chance. Steve, after the game, you said you didn't think it would be fair to put in Hudson Card for a few minutes to try to win the game. But, but did you and your staff consider playing him like the whole second half? Or even the fourth quarter since Quinn was struggling? No, I mean, again, you know, I think that we need to play better collectively. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's like anything with a quarterback. You, you, put, you put it all on the quarterback and when things don't go well, and then when things go really well, the quarterback saved the day. You know, the reality of it is we need to play better as a unit. We need to coach better as a staff. Uh, we need to make sure that we're doing a better job of giving our players the confidence and putting them in position to have success. Uh, and clearly, those things didn't happen. And the quarterback ultimately wears the brunt of that. Um, so the idea is, you know, we've got to all improve, Quinn included, uh, to play better offensive football Saturday. Steve, could you say that Quinn's footwork just made it just mechanics overall? What do you, what do you He's doing a nice job. And right, Joe, for the shot plays, the, the, the first read is the one that's furthest downfield. Are there times when Quinn isn't seeing maybe an open second read when there's a covered first read? Well, it's all progression based. You know, it's depending off that if that deep shot was the first read, if that's his throw, he's going to cut it loose. You know, so a lot of that is design. Um, some of that is read wise. If we if we have a high low read component to it, uh, but some of that is design. If that's the first read, that's the shot that we're going to take. You know, and ultimately. Uh, we've got to keep working that so that we can hit those shots down the field um, to loosen up things in the run game, which they complement one another. You know, if the safeties are the ones making the tackles at three yards from the line of scrimmage, well, clearly we have to find a way to get the ball behind them. Hey, Steve, I know we live in a passing era. Um, are you comfortable pounding Bijan and Rojan 35, 36 times a we game? Just, if we it's just working? did it two weeks ago. So very comfortable. Uh, one-score games, uh, all four losses, one-score games. Is that encouraging, discouraging, frustrating? Well, I, I mean, I think it's encouraging to the, to the idea that we're playing hard, we're playing tough, we're giving ourselves a chance. Um, I think that, you know, never have we ever felt like that any game have we been in, we've been out of the ball game. Um, but it's also um, – to some degree frustrating because, man, you want to win those games, you know, and what would it look like if we have? Uh, but the reality of it is we can't 
we can't play the what if game. We got to focus on what's right in front of us. And we've got a big ball game Saturday, a very meaningful game in our conference. And uh, we got to make sure that we keep our attention uh, and our focus on the task at hand. And that's getting ready to go play Kansas. Hey, Coach, um, just uh, for clarity, you said that Quinn is looking for essentially where the ball needs to go. So essentially, he's kind of throwing to a spot. So then what more than, or would you say, if I, if I understood you correctly, then what does Xavier and all the other receivers need to be doing as far as getting to that spot? Well, no, it's more progression. So we're a progression-based team, meaning um, go back to Bill Walsh, uh, the winning formula book. Uh, he talks about a progression-based offense, about how you have reads that take you through, uh, and that's how our offense is based on that. And so if a guy's the primary read and he has that matchup and we get the coverage we're looking for, that's where the ball goes. If that gets taken away, he goes to a second, third, fourth, fifth read in, in the progression. Sometimes it's a spot throw. Sometimes you have to defeat a man man-to-man. So predicated on the coverage depicts the style of throw that he'll get. Uh, but in the end, it's, it's the combination of the two. It's the quarterback and the receiver, the tight end and the runner for that timing to be there that needs to be on point and that ball placement needs to be where it is and then ultimately making your play when the ball comes your way. So it's a combination of all those things adding up. You're welcome. Steve, can we just get, excuse me, get your thoughts on this Kansas team and the job that Lance has done? I think Lance has done a great job. Um, you know, they've... Um, Obviously came out early in the year and really jumped on people. Uh, very unique style of offense. A lot of triple option you know, components to what they do, uh, which everyone talks about playing you know, the armies, the navies, the air forces of the world and how difficult they are to defend. Well, Kansas has a lot of those same elements. They just do it from a, a little bit more of a, a spread type set with the, with the quarterback and the pistol and things of that nature. But there's still those elements. They still force you to play disciplined football. Um, you know, you got to play the dive, you got to play the quarterback, you got to play the pitch. And then they have the play action passes off of it. Got a dynamic runner. Neil's a fantastic player. Um, and then defensively, like I said, they're very active up front. You know, they create sacks, they create turnovers. Um, so uh, a lot of credit to them for the job they've done. And they've kind of withstood the storm of losing their starting quarterback. The backups come in and it's kind of found his way a little bit too. So a uh, great challenge for us. Coach Sargisian, after you and the staff looked at the film of the game, is there anything that jumped out at you or the staff that you would have changed in the game? Um, called better plays and played better offensive football. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, I thought we played great defense. I thought we played uh, played really good, um, really good on special teams. Offensively, we never we never got into a rhythm, which was one of the components going in. You know, we really wanted to find rhythm, so I've got to do a better job of calling plays that can create some rhythm for us because when we find rhythm, we seem to operate better. And so I've got to do a better job of that. With four losses now, is is it tough to stick to the long-term plan? How, how do you adjust in season as you're, as you're going through, um, you know, difficult times of coming off a loss like this? Um, well, I think about where we were this time last year, um, which was a tough spot to be in, you know, and so – um, I feel like we've made progress. Um, would I like to have a better record than six and four right now? For sure. Um, but the idea of the way that we've lost a couple of the games and where we're at and still where we're at in conference standings, uh, I think there's still a lot of belief in what we're doing. 
Uh, I still think there's a lot of hope in what this season can be. Um, but again, we can't we can't think all big picture right now. We've got to make sure that we're drilled down and, and zeroed in on the target, and that's playing really good on Saturday. Steve, it seemed like last year Jordan Whittington was kind of Mr. Third Down before he got injured against OU. A lot of crossing routes. Do you tell Quinn or script plays for Quinn that involve more of the, the short and intermediate passing game? And is Bijan the type of guy who's so talented that you say, we got to get him the ball any way we can in the passing game? Um, you know, however, but especially on those shorter passes just to get Quinn confidence. Instead of, you know, going down field, it, it seemed like a lot um, the other night. Okay, um, there's a lot in that question. Okay, so, sorry, didn't mean it. <laughs> so, what's helpful on third down is when you play third and five, third and four, third and six, third and three football. That's when those crossing routes, those things can be, you can apply them more. Uh, the frustrating night was it was third and seven plus I think 11 of the 13 third downs that we had and so that makes it difficult because what's going to happen is I'm going to throw those crossing routes to Jordan on third and 10 and he's going to get tackled for seven or eight yards and then I'm going to come in here and you guys are going to ask me why don't you throw the ball to the sticks or pass the sticks when we don't convert so there's always a catch 22 there our job is to try to get first downs we try to call the best things that we can put our players in position to to have success on third down. Um, ideally, we put ourselves in more favorable situations on third down uh, to convert. Um, I think without question, as many ways as we can be creative to, to try to get Bijan the ball and just get it in his hands, no question, no, no, no doubt about it. He's that type of player. Um, I think we're always trying to search for those things to, to try to make that happen. Stark, your guys were obviously beat up afterwards, but a guy like Demo, who who wears his emotion on his sleeve, that defense played at a championship level. I know they played with emotion from the stadium. Now the defense has to travel. Can you recalibrate again and get that same kind of effort on the road? Well, I think that's what good teams do, right? Um, you know, you you start to you start to find your rhythm. Uh, you start to find your calling card on either side of the ball, and um, you know I think they've got a lot of confidence to build off of. This is another great challenge and a. In a in a unique challenge, a different one for them, um, you know. But inevitably, you know, we've we've kind of got a standard in which we want to play at defensively, from an aggressive nature, an effort standpoint, a physicality, a population of the ball, and then obviously trying to eliminate the explosive plays. I think we did that for the most part the other night. It was unfortunate we gave up the two big plays, but I think there's a lot of things for them to build on and to carry with them on the road um, that that is going to be needed. You know, I think really good teams play complimentary football, and they're good in all three phases. And, um, you know, we just played a team that's number four in the country that's 9-0 and that had come into the game averaging over 500 yards and ended up having 283 yards. And so, you know, they found a way to win with their defense the other night, not necessarily with that high-scoring offense, which is not what they had done earlier in the year. It had been outscore people. So good teams find a way to win when the game's ugly. We just didn't find a way to do it. We had chances to do it. Obviously, a couple first and goals late in the game. We didn't find a way. So hopefully, we can learn from that experience. But that's that's what they did. You know, you sometimes you have to lean on one side of the ball or the other to find a way to win. Um, but we're going to need that same type of effort from our defense moving forward.
good team finds a way to win. Do you still feel you're a good team? And yeah. is there anybody on offense that really you thought played winning football on Saturday? Um, I, I do think we're a good football team. Um, you know, we've lost to a couple of good teams. Um, we've stubbed our own toes sometimes, and that's a level of consistency that we got to keep working towards. Um, I thought Jordan Winnington played winning football for sure the other night. Uh, he was the guy that if I could say that guy played it, uh, whether it was in the run game, um, whether it was get, providing a spark for us offensively with the ball in his hand, I thought he he looked a little more reminiscent to the guy from earlier in the season. I thought he had a little lull in there, uh, was fighting through a couple nagging injury things, but really bounced back the other night and played well. No, that would be the guy. The story is still developing, so I don't know how much you know about it. But do you have anything to say to the um, UVA community about you know what's what's happened out there? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know the particulars, so I don't I don't want to speak on particulars. I just know that uh, man praying for those families of those young men, praying for the the their football program. Uh, that's not easy, um, you know. Having dealt with death within your own program more than one time for me. Uh, I know the, the toll it can take on your players and the people in the organization. So praying for them, that uh, it, it's, it's beyond unfortunate. It, um, it's unsettling, you know, just kind of where we're at society-wise that these things happen. And, um, you know, to think that, you know, again, I don't know the particulars, but that somebody dealing with some of those demons inside for something like that to happen is, uh, it's, uh, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm at a loss for words, I'll be honest with you. I'm at a loss for words. That's, that's really tough. Hey, Steve, given Texas football's all-time success against Kansas, given what happened here at DKR last year, how much more, how much hungrier is your team to get it done on Kansas's home field this weekend? Well, I mean, I, I, again, I'm, human nature tells you, yeah, right? I mean, man, we need to, we need to avenge what happened a year ago. Uh, the reality is we're a different team. They're a different team. Um, a little bit more at stake in this scenario of, of what we need to do. Um, so I think our guys, you know, want to play well for a lot of reasons. I'm sure that's a component to it all. Um, you know, there's a, what happened last, this past weekend. There, there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, that should be motivating for our guys. Um, but the, the biggest motivator should be a standard of football that we're capable of playing, and we need to get back to playing to that standard. Steve, I think Quinn's completing less than 50% of his passes the last three games. The last 18 drives have produced six points, no second-half touchdowns the last three games. How concerned, frustrated are you as a, as a play caller? Have you been through something like this? But just, you know, what's the level of concern? Yeah, I mean, my, mine is I like to score every time we get the ball. You know, that, that makes me feel good. Um, when we don't, I always seem to remember the ones that we don't. You know, I... I love I love football. I love studying the game. I'm a you know. I was thinking about the Buffalo Bills yesterday. I think you know one of the the premier teams in the NFL with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, and they went four straight games without scoring a touchdown in the second half. And so it can happen, right? All we can do is get back to work and try to make sure we find a level of consistency um, for everybody involved to play at a really high level. And that's what's needed in our conference. You're not going to get by playing okay or pretty good. You're going to have to play high-level football. We've got a lot of balance in our conference. Um, 
And it doesn't matter how old your team is or how young your team is. Nobody, nobody cares about that. What we care about is execution and consistency and then ultimately trying to find a way to win the ball game. And, and that, that's where we have to get ourselves to. You see, Babijan and DeMarvion are two of the most positive people in your locker room, uh, but they were obviously frustrated following the game. Uh, how were the conversations with your leadership over the weekend, and where, what's their mental space going into the Kansas game? Um, you know, I, I let me say this as a head coach. I'd much rather them be frustrated and a little upset right after a game like that than smiling and feeling good. I, I know that it hurts. I know that they put a lot into it. Uh, I know that it matters to them. I know that they have a lot of love and care for their teammates and their coaches. Um, and the message to our guys is we got to get right back to work. You know, the longer we let this linger, the, the longer it's, it's going to affect the next game. And we've got to get ourselves back to focusing on, on the task at hand and, and playing really good football on Saturday. All right, y'all. Thank you. You guys have a good day. All right, there it is, the Steve Sarkeesian Weekly News Conference. Uh, that is done. We will uh, have that up on the site shortly, uh, uh, hornfm.com. We'll talk about some of it, take your feedback on it on the Specs text line, 337-3776. And uh, more football talk coming up after the break, including a little Flex 30 with Snoop, talking a little high school football. We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. B&E. And she says it's. Got a lot to do. You're uh, good. Trying to trying to multitask over here. That's a shot not, clock violation. <laughs> can, we, can you do the vuvuzela for yeah, the shot yeah, clock yeah. violation for now? Yeah. Uh, back here on Let the Tower on the Horn, the Steve Sarkeesian press conference. Snoop, that gonna be on the website here pretty soon. Uh, it's, uh, it's up. Uh, how? Yeah, it's on megaphone. Okay, so hornfm.com is where you need to go to get it. Uh, also, that new megaphone link spot uh, app. Apple Podcast, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, uh, you can get all the Horn podcasts if you it's, miss any. It's part. new. I uh, still don't really. I'm still learning too, sure. but it's pretty cool. Um, want to remind you, Texas women's basketball. If you need your Craig Way fix, you can get it tonight, five o'clock pregame, five thirty tip. Texas at Gamble Pavilion in stores. Number three, Texas. Number six, UConn. FS1 for the TV broadcast. So put it on FS1. Mute the TV. Then put on Craig's broadcast. Uh, five o'clock pregame, five thirty is going to be the tip, and you can hear that again on one hundred five three. The bat, Rory Harmon, is a game time decision for that game with her uh, her toe injury. Uh, Specs text line is open three three seven three seven seven six. I want to get to this real quick. Purple Buffalo's daddy. Uh, yeah, I was saying before we had to go to the Sark press conference. Says if Gerald wins the air area round game. He's going to bring me a shirt. Purple Buffalo's daddy. I'll tell you this. You better bring me two shirts because I'll need one to go number two on and another one oh. to cover it up with. So just be prepared. You just can't, like, ball it up <laughs> with the one shirt. You got to do it in one and then cover it with the other. Did you ever hear that deal about Andre the Giant when he was uh, in Japan? The bathrooms were so small that he had to put line the uh, the tub with newspaper. No, and go, no. And go bad, no, ba- go bad no. bathroom in the tub. No. Yeah. No. Go watch the the HBO documentary. He is seven four. I, I'm picturing it. Go watch the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant. Fascinating. The back of his legs have hair all over it. Ooh. 
It's Andre Tall. <laughs> I love right. Andre. Hey, R.I.P. to him. R.I.P. Andre the Giant. Let's go ahead and get to a little Flex 30. Oh, oh Flex 30. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Snoop, what do we got today? Well, okay, a look ahead at next week and go to flexatx.com. Our cover photo is Caden Leone looking out as Coach Carter is speaking, and it says UIL Texas High School Football Playoff Area Championship Rounds. November 17th through the 18th. Now, there's only a few games on Thursday that I'll mention, and I, I might see my first Thorndale game. Yes, give the Bulldogs some love. They're playing at Bastrop Memorial Stadium on Thursday night, 7 o'clock kick against Ganado. Also, on Thursday, which I, I, I might try to check out Flatonia. They're 10-1. They're taking on three rivers. Thursday night game in Marion at Veterans Stadium. I, I think I think Thor- seeing Thorndale and Bastrop is the move. Okay. Or my other one, which you probably, if I had my druthers, I would go see Geronimo Navarro because a homegirl, Janet, has a son that plays for them. Okay. They're in the playoffs. They're 7-4, taking on Bishop, a winnable game. It's down in Jerdington, then. That's probably the longest ah, trip. That's a hike from yeah. here, man. I think, I think going to see Thorndale and Bastrop is the move Thursday. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't get the road trip in with Weiss at DeSoto out my system last Thursday, I don't know what will. All right, so the the big boys, quote-unquote, 6A, D1 here. Lake Travis taking on Steel is at P-Field in Pflugerville. Mm-hmm. 7 o'clock kick will be heard right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, uh, Bucky Gobble, uh, Stu Myrick, and Mark Honig. Great call last week. Hey, real quick, has Lake Travis played at the at the field before? They have. I asked okay. I asked too. He said yes, and I said, did y'all play well there? He's like, yeah. And I was like, against who? He's like, I don't remember. I'm like, oh. Because now I remember they lost to to uh, to uh, to North Shore at, at Palmer Palace, so I can't ever remember. To me, I can never remember. That's like asking. That's field. like asking somebody, man. Uh, I like that shirt. Where'd you get? It? Oh yeah, I got it over here. Got a good deal on it. How much you pay? Well, I don't remember. <laughs> so I, I've never seen personally Lake Travis play at P Field. So anyway, and I want this Friday because I'll be in the studio. Uh, Westlake, what? Oh, nothing. Westlake, New Braunfels. That is this Friday at Rattler Stadium down in San Marcos. Did you say New Braunfels correctly? I did. Okay. I did. Fool. Like, fool. New Braunfels. They was in New Braunfels yesterday. A worst fest. Oh, wor- what'd you get? Uh, worst? <laughs> worst? No. Right, actually, worst. Uh, the best thing I had there, pork chop on a stick. Oh, that sounds good. It's Seriously, it was what it was. What it sounds like. A boneless pork chop on a stick. Well, boneless, was, too, so you get to eat the whole it thing. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes awesome. That, that bone is going to be sucking on the gristle. And I got me one of them big, huge pretzels, too. Oh, damn you. I need to go. Man, those are so fun, and you get to drink all day. All right, Vandergrift Judson is also Friday, 730. This one is at Palmer Palace. Next next fall, we'll take a light the tower field trip to Worst Fest. For Let's you. do it. Yeah. And a, and a baseball game. I'm going to hold y'all to all these on-air promises, y'all. We tried to get you to a baseball game last spring, but you were too busy covering soccer and softball Ooh, and true. 95 other things. So Dripping Springs Brandeis on Saturday, I'm going to that one. Plus getting you out of the Austin metro area <laughs> is a challenge. So. Well, I'll be going to San Antonio Hero Stadium on Saturday at 2 ah, p.m. to Heroes. watch Dripping Springs. It's a good venue. Let's go, Drip. I want to see that Drip Bandy rematch so bad. R- real quick, because you can, because because I, I know the Longhorns, so I'll just leave it at this. Uh, Georgetown, LBJ, Rouse, Belton, Liberty Hill, Regent, Smithville, Quero, 
Wimberly, Gerald, Lago Vista, Geronimo Navarro, Lano Blanco, Platonia Thorndale. Blanco. All those teams in the playoffs, flxatx.com. Go check it out. Thank you, Snoop. Thank mm-hmm. you for the uh, the nice flex. Because we do yeah. need to talk about these Longhorns. We yes. Yeah, let's do that and get to the notebook. Longhorn notebook. Oh, hold on a second. Let me turn down my music bed and then hit the button. There we go. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Yeah. Brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, BowersockTeam.com. Thank Aaron and her team so much for sponsoring the Longhorn Notebook. Let her do for you what she did for Craig. Took a lot of the burden off of him, a lot off his plate when he made the move to Georgetown. She can do the same for you. BowersockTeam.com. That's Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert. All right, the Steve Sarkeesian press conference is in the books. Uh, A lot of feedback on the Specs text line. Not all of it good uh, based on (laughs) some of the stuff that Sark had to say. I do want to ask, I do want to bring up this question, though, if I can find it. Uh, Yes, thank you, Texter. Um, so Jeff, why are dudes scared to ask Sark about the block punt call? Horrible coaching. We'd have the ball at midfield. Uh, can't leave it to the Big Twelve refs to make the right call. Should know better. I asked. I asked him about it in the post game on Saturday. Um, I asked him about the two decisions that he made that I questioned: the uh, not going forward on fourth and one, trying to advance the ball late in the first half, instead of letting the clock run down, take a timeout, and punting. Uh, that, and I asked him about the block punt. His ra- his rationale in the block punt was basically he felt like they needed to do something to, to jumpstart the offense. Uh, that was number one. Number two, he said, hey, if, if you block it, and they, they did have a free rusher on that play based on the way they were aligned and the way TCU's punt team was aligned. Uh, so that's two. And then three, he said, hey, if you block it there, it's a different – it's a different deal in terms of everybody questioning. It's a great decision at that point. I, I just think it's fourth and three at that point. I I probably go punt safe right there and not try to block it because, again, any kind of contact with the punter, you give them a first down. So, again, the risk was not the, worth the reward right there. But, like I said, uh, I asked him about it in the post game on Saturday, so he has been asked about it. Uh, I guess you can pull up the, uh, the YouTube uh Post game from Saturday, or I don't know if we have that at hornfm.com or not. Uh, Snoop, so Sark's press conference is uploaded on the website. Yeah, one megaphone. Okay, Sark press conference just, Monday afternoon. So some texters saying it's still showing last week's press conference. Just, just give it a minute. It might, it might take a minute. So, it, but it is, it is up there. Um, but yes, I did upload it. So I did. I definitely wanted to get to that. Um, it's just a lot of talk about Quinn Ewers. The one thing that. You could kind of tell Sark didn't want to answer it. Actually, not kind of tell. You could very much tell he didn't want to answer it. I think it was Kirk Bowles that asked Sark about Quinn's footwork and mechanics. And Sark said, yeah, he's doing a good job. It was a quick one-word answer. Um, Yeah, man, I think a lot of people would disagree. Uh, Even beyond those that cover Texas, I mean, I've heard Joel Klatt talk about Quinn's footwork. Uh, I don't know if on the broadcast Kirk Herbstreet talked about Quinn's footwork because I'm not paying attention to the commentary when I'm – going back and watching the game. But, uh, yeah, everybody's noticed Quinn's footwork, and it is an issue. So uh, I get Sark maybe not wanting to answer the question, but it's it's a concern, but it's not something you could fix right now. And, and I do think, too, Sark being asked if he's looking for Xavier Worthy too much, I think that might have been my colleague Chip Brown that asked that question. Uh, Sark said Quinn's looking where the play is designed to go. And it's a progression passing game, and it, but – and I understand Sark talking about the progression passing game and the first read and whatever's there. Take it. Look, I get that, but at some point, man, it, 
if he's your guy and you're clearly going to ride with him. I, I think the, the other big takeaway from that press conference, man, he's going to ride with Quinn Ewers. He was asked multiple times, did he think about going to Hudson Card? Did he want to go to Hudson Card? Is he good with Quinn? And Sark unequivocally backed Quinn Ewers. So I think you can put, bring a halt to the conversation about changing quarterbacks because unless Quinn gets hurt, it's not going to happen. Again, we talked about it, man. It's not an eligibility issue. Hudson Card's the holder on field goals and PATs. So he's played in nine games. You, it's not about preserving a red shirt at this point. Also, I brought up the ankle injury. Is it worse than we thought? And some somebody brought up on the Specs text line, hey, if the ankle's too bad to play, why is it not too bad for him to be a holder on PATs and field goals? Well, that would be a good question. So he's clearly not going to do it. So there's no point to me in wasting any more breath talking about it. I've already said, yeah, I felt like he should have gone to Hudson Card on Saturday. When nothing was working, it might have given you a spark, but Quinn's his guy. He's going to ride with Quinn. And But if that's the case, man, you've got to do more as a play caller to help your quarterback out. And getting Bijan more touches. You know, you've got to get Bijan more involved. Now, Sark did say there was no balance to the offense. Okay, well, if the passing game was working, he might have the best hands on your team. Throw him the football. I, I went back and looked at the PFF numbers, Snoop. You realize Bijan Robinson? How many targets do you think Bijan had in the pass game the other night? Four. You're over. You want to know how many you're over by? Four. You're over by four. He had zero. How does the best offensive player in the country not get a single target? I'll tell you how the targets were distributed. 40 targets total, the PFF has. I know Quint threw 39 passes, but it takes into account penalties and whatnot. There are 40 targets. Jordan Whittington, 11. Jatavian Sanders, 12. Xavier Worthy, 13. Then one each for Brendan Thompson, Roshan Johnson, Tariq Milton, and Jaleel Billingsley. And Billingsley was a drop. Uh, yeah, that's not – that's – Funneling usage to a couple of your playmakers, but hardly any usage funneled to your best playmaker, your most consistent playmaker, the guy that's gotten you out of jams this year. It's just disappointing for me because I said Sark could not get to the end of the season and feel like any of these last four games you left meat on the bone with B. John Robinson. I did, man. You can't deny that, dude. There was meat left on the bone from B. John's performance. Not necessarily thinking about that pork chop on a stick, Snoop, because but it was – it was boneless. There was no meat left on that bone because there was no bone with which to leave meat. But, yeah, I, I'm i trying to find the quote from Sark. Uh, Sark, if he regrets Bijan not getting more touches, he said, yeah, sure. At the end of the day, the offense lacked balance. Sark felt like the passing game. I'm reading this directly from my Twitter account, at uh, JeffHowell247. Sark felt like the passing game gave them the best chance to win when the Longhorns win. He said Bijan gets more touches due to balance. Dude, I don't agree with that. Force the issue. Make your force the. I'm not gonna make your all like score. Call the touchdown play. See, you gotta force. When you got a guy like that, dude, you gotta force the issue. Like you think, you think back in the day, like Greg Davis would have said, like, dude, they're man, they're bottling up Ricky Williams today. We just we just can't get Ricky the football. No, go back to the Oklahoma State game, Ricky's Heisman year. I don't think I don't even think Ricky had a hundred yards that day. If he did, he wasn't very far over. But what he catch that day, like 10, 11 balls, start throwing the football. That's how that's how you get him involved. And, yes, I've seen several people text about it, and watching it unfold in the press box was one of those deals that 
you knew there, man, they're going to regret that when Quinn Ewers missed Bijan on the the wheel route where he kind of got jammed, got through the mess though, and as he's releasing, Quinn dumps the ball down. Uh, I think he dumped it down to Jatavian Sanders. Uh, Bijan was wide open, would have walked into the end zone. So it's just one of those things, man. Uh, just not nothing really worked on offense, and like I said, you blame plenty of people. That Quinn Ewers has some of the blame. Uh, certainly Sharks, so, so, certainly Sark shares some of the blame. The receivers for dropping balls, the offensive line for not getting a push in the run game. It's it's all it was all bad. It was all bad. And Texter texting in, how can the best running back in college football have that type of performance? And lack of opportunity. That's what I'm saying, man. Dude, if I that would be like that would be like if I'm a pitcher in baseball and my slider is my best pitch, that would be like in a one hundred pitch outing if I use my slider ten times. What why why are you why are you hamstringing yourself? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, oversimplifying it, thinking about it wrong. Dude, I just and, and this texture says exactly my point. Handing the ball off isn't the only way to get the ball in Bijan's hands. How does Sark not see that? No screens, no targets in the pass game. I don't know, man. Just disappointing. Disappointing loss, but uh, we're about out of time, so we got to take a break, come back, and wrap up this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Wrapping up this edition of Light the Tower on the horn. No, see this texture. So the defense was loading the box uh, as a run blitz. We were getting nowhere. The only line was getting stoned at the line. I can see why Sark got away from it, but you think you should just keep running it. More three and outs wasn't the answer either. If your slider was getting rocked, you wouldn't keep throwing it either. I'm not saying hand him the football. I'm not saying run into the teeth of TCU defense every play. I'm saying line him up in the slot, throw him a screen pass, find different ways to get him the football. It's done. It's in the past, but that's... Maybe the most disappointing thing is you didn't find different ways to get him the football, especially considering how good Sark is. I haven't lost faith in Steve Sarkeesian. I haven't. But, man, that was about as disappointing a loss as I've seen in a while. Uh, for the recruiting stuff, I'd encourage you to get over to Hornets 24-7. Check out the stampede from my man Mike Roach today. It's got all the recruiting feedback from the weekend. Snoop, thank you, sir. Great job today. Uh, we'll be we'll uh, do it again tomorrow, our weekly conversation with uh, Lake Travis head coach Hank Carter coming off of there, went over Round Rock, getting ready to face Steel in the area around that, and much, much more coming up on the show tomorrow. For the absent Craig Way, for Snoop Daniel, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Are you suffering?